The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And hello, everyone, and welcome to The Open Door. This is the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. And I'm Sid Bennett. Good to see you back here, Sid. Nice to be here. Sid's been AWOL for a while, um, for, for good reason. <laughs> Glad to have you back. Thank you. Uh, and for those of you who are tuning into us live uh, today in the West, we are celebrating St. Patrick's Day, the one day of the year when everybody is Irish, even if you're Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway, so our, our subject today is the sacred labor. And we all have something that we've come here to do. And the Ascended Master El Mori has said that the entire purpose of life is finding God. He also said that your high calling, as, that the sacred labor is your high calling as a son or daughter of God. So let's start there. We could probably make the statement that finding God is our sacred labor, but it differs by degrees in terms of service and whatever else we do. So let's talk about that. Is the uh, sacred labor an important thing? <laughs> I love those questions. Yeah, I know. So, meatball. <laughs> you know, think of the concept for a minute. Sacred labor. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a powerful statement because we think, you know, we have our work to do, obviously. We've got to earn our, our bread and, and so forth, take care of our families and whatever we do in society. But when you put the adjective sacred in front of it, it kind of changes the equation. And you think, well, you know... I'm a truck driver, you know, that can't possibly be my sacred labor. And yet, you have to go much deeper to Mm -hmm. understand what the connotation of that word is. Sacred, of course, we think of God, don't you? Mm -hmm. So you think of the labor for God. And uh, hopefully we'll have some time today, and I think we will, to kind of go into a lot of the variations of what that could look like for different people. Sure. Because I think a a sacred labor isn't necessarily becoming a monk or a nun and, and, you know, going into seclusion for your life. Uh, It could be, but not necessarily. Right. Well, you know, one of the things that um, we understand about the sacred labor is that it is an entree into our spiritual universe. This is the, the universe inside each of us where the I am presence, the Christ self, the causal body reside. So the sacred labor as an entree into that special realm, this is where we want to be. You know, absolutely. And, and when you think about it, again, we go back to Amoria saying the purpose of life is to find God. I mean, that in itself is a pretty powerful <laughs> statement. I mean, yeah. why am I here? You're here to find God. As simple mm-hmm. as that. Mm-hmm. How do I find God? Through your sacred labor. Mm-hmm. But what's my sacred labor? <laughs> well, you have to seek it and find it. You know, and, and you get a, a confirmation in your heart. And, and God will show you and lead you in that. And you may be doing something that on the outer is relatively mundane, and it might be key to your sacred labor and to your spiritual path. Well, indeed. And there are requirements for the sacred labor, which we'll go into later, 
Um, in fact, in the second segment of our show, which I'll kind of tease a bit right now, Elizabeth Clare Prophet, in a lecture given in 1996, talks about the sacred labor and what the requirements of that sacred labor are. So we want to make sure that we cover those details. But right now, let's kind of keep it on the, the 30,000-foot level. The, the sacred labor is essential to our ascension, is it not? It is. And we understand <clears throat> that one of the requirements of the ascension, and we've talked about this, is a balanced threefold flame in our heart. And those, that's the love, the wisdom, and the power. Mm-hmm. The pink, the blue, uh, not, well, pink, blue, and yellow. I didn't say them in the same order. But in <laughs> other words, we need to develop that flame within our heart, and they need to be in balance. Well, if one is out of balance, and I think for almost all of us, we have a sort of a major plume. Mm-hmm. It may be pink for the love, it may be yellow for the wisdom, or blue for the power. And we need to get those uh, balanced. How do you get them balanced? Sacred well, labor. You, yeah, <laughs> you, sacred labor. And you tune into, uh, I, I was saying just before we went on the air, that if it feels right, it probably has a lot to do with your sacred labor. And a lot of, a lot of young people will begin to tune into that when they are, oh, in their teens maybe, and they're trying to figure out, what is it that I should study in, in higher learning uh, facilities and, and academia that'll take me to where I feel like I want to go? And, you know, and you, you go through the bramble bushes, you know, to get there. Well, and, you know, there's, there's a distinction to be made here for all of us who are children of the 60s that it, there's a difference between what feels right and what feels good. Right. And we want to make sure that we're talking more about right than good. Well, <laughs> and more of a spiritually feels right sure, rather than physically feels right because, yeah, the, dr- the drug scene. Well, 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 look at it this way, too. <laughs> if you're trying to decide what you're going to do for your uh, labor, to earn your living in an embodiment, so forth, um, you, you know, may be drawn to something. You may feel like you want to be a teacher and so forth. But other people feel, you know, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do, but I'll try this. And, boy, I can make a lot of money if I get training in this and do that. Right. And so it's a matter of perspective. In other words, yeah, obviously it's convenient to have money um, and so <laughs> it's forth. It's helpful. But it, people can get distracted and drawn from their sacred labor to something that is not their sacred labor mm-hmm. because they say, look, I can, I can, you know, I have a skill in this area. I, can, I don't have to work as hard as I would in other areas. I can make as much money. I can have the good life. This is the way I want to go. And that may not be God's will for your life. So you really have to ask God, God, what is it I need to do in this life? Or if you're midlife or later on in life, what's the next thing I need to do? Yeah, you know, and, and you mentioned something, Terry, that I think is worth repeating. And that is that you get a feeling sometimes, you know something. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can look at our passions where we have talent, where we have a certain ability and we can probably see those as clues to that divine blueprint that we basically agreed to try to fulfill when we came into this embodiment. And that, again, goes back to the plan. The blueprint is an essential part of the ascension. That equation means that you, know, you, you do complete it, if you can, your purpose for being. Yeah, and <clears throat> I want to just address that point, if I may, Tom, in the sense that um, you know, we have something unique. Every single one of us has something unique to contribute to God's kingdom. Yeah. Okay. No one else in the cosmos has what you have. And so when you think about that, that's a high honor and a high responsibility. <laughs> How do I get to that point where I can give my gift that God has implanted in my heart and my soul to the universe uh, that no one else can give? And if I don't give it, it won't be done. It that's won't right. be given. So, you know, that in itself is an impetus. You know, God, show me the next step where to go. And, and you can't get caught up in... In, in thinking, well, I have to do some grand thing, you have to think, what is the next step that God wants me to take? And where does he want me to go? Yeah. And it might not be one that you think is, is, is the one that you should be doing. 
And so that's where the prayer and the discernment comes in, which are so important. And, and you're not necessarily doing it alone. I mean, th- there may be a mandala of people that you're, you're meant to be with who are part of your sacred labor. So you perform it together, whether it's you know, maybe you're in a monastery or you're in some service organization. Who knows what it may be? But we want to make sure that it's clear that it's not necessarily a solo act. It, it, but, but, you, but it is solo in the sense that you have a unique sacred labor. Yes, I understand. Right. You know, you don't want someone else's sacred labor, even though, see, yeah, that looks pretty nice. I'd like to do that. <laughs> um, you have yeah. a unique one. And if we're going to make it home back to God, then we need to put whatever God has given us. And we can't approach like, oh, boy, <laughs> you know, I've got a sacred labor. How am I ever going to find it? It sounds like a lot of work. It sounds hard, da-da-da-da-da. Well, obviously, that attitude to get any place but you know hey this is exciting god is got a plan for my life i'm not just drifting here and there i have an identity in god and i was telling everybody before the show you know uh I, last week we took our daughter to disneyland which we won't go into great detail on that but one of the things was i mean there were so many people there and they said this is the off season oh, i mean my. you can hardly move for the people oh, and goodness. i thought you know how easy to lose your sense of identity of who you are and you are unique in God. God knows you, knows you far better than you know yourself. The angels know you. They've known you for a very long time. You are unique. And if we choose to embody those qualities of through our sacred labor, there's a specialness about that, a specialness because you become more of God in manifestation. So you aren't going to get lost in the crowd, so to speak. You know, we have an identity in God. And the matter of that sacred labor is a transforming labor and not to fear it. Yeah, let it contribute to your wholeness. It, you, it, it, it's joyful. Yeah, and you know, another thought that occurred to me is uh, the whole concept of peer pressure. Uh, young people especially now are going to be more subject to peer pressure because they haven't, they haven't matured enough to be able to say no, to roll back thoughts that are consistent with where they want to go in life and one thing or another. So, and of course, that can happen. As you get older and older, you're still subject to peer pressure. Somebody says, oh, I don't know whether you ought to be an artist. You know, I mean, gosh, your dad was a, a brain surgeon. Why yeah, you have no talent. Why would you want to be an artist? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. I mean, you know, you may want to take a completely different course than what your father or your mother did. But I, I think that's a really good point you bring up. It just isn't necessarily a straight line. There are curves and detours and hills and dips and mountains and zigzags. You know, it's it's a path. And the way you ensure you're on the right path is every day asking for God's will, saying, God, please show me. You know, if this is not my will, please bless or block it. You know, block it if it's not God's will, bless it if it is. So it takes, you know, don't just be drifting on, on life, you know, on wherever the waves come or the wind goes and you get blown to and fro. Be anchored. Have a tie to God every day that you strengthen through your prayers, through your supplications. Father, show me your will. And as an adjunct to that, we have to be ready to trust God. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, do we trust God? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, do we really trust God, and whether it's Jesus or Gautama or whatever master you're tied to, do we trust that where they lead us will be for our own good? All things work together for good to those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Yeah. And it may not be what we would choose on the outer. Gulp. You really want me to do this, God? You know? So be open to that. Be, allow yourself to be vulnerable to God mm-hmm. and to where his will will take you because it is key to fulfilling your divine plan and your sacred labor. You know, you're, you're riding the subway in New York and all of a sudden this, 
still small voice says, get off at 42nd Street. And you think, well, that's not my destination. But if you listen, you might meet just the person you need to meet. Yeah. I don't know. Well, no, I, I, I love the thought. It's a beautiful thought. You know, it's one that it's almost obvious we miss it. Yeah. To trust God. That God's will is good. And I think if we, if we recognize that it's always good, that we understand the intent is always good, then there's really no way to, to fail if we trust. Yeah, and, and the corollary or the part of this is, you know, using common sense, too. <laughs> we don't go lie down on a railroad track and say, I trust God, because that train's coming, you know. <laughs> so it's, it's part of our exercise of free will and trust. And, you know, this is, the path is exciting. It's fun. It's challenging. But you know what? I mean, what else there is to do on this planet? Yeah. There's yeah. nothing else that brings the, the soul satisfaction of God's will in your life. And, and you know, it's not all work. It's, it's, there are times when you feel a great joy and a great victory. And, okay, what's next, God? And, you know, you can, you can finish any one of your thoughts with, and we were talking about this before we went on the air. Nevertheless, O oh God, not my will, but thine be done. You know, that's an easy statement to learn. And it's one that probably we all, we all ought to be saying more often, right? Well, yeah. And don't fear the will of God. Yeah. You know, if you really want to get home and find God, be willing to let go and trust. You know, whatever you have, put it on the altar. If God wants you to have it, he'll give it back to you. And he'll take, it, he'll take you there the, the quickest way possible if you allow it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have been flirting around the edges of the requirements <laughs> of the sacred labor. So let's take a break right now. And when we come back, we'll listen to an excerpt from a lecture by Elizabeth Clare Prophet on the sacred labor and its various requirements. So please stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Right now, all over the world, warriors of light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free, no login required. Simply go to tsl.org 
slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a keeper of the flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. Thanks for staying with us. Uh, today we're talking about the sacred labor, and we'd like to take a moment now to play an excerpt from a lecture by Elizabeth Clare Prophet on that very subject, the sacred labor and its various requirements. Here we go. In the Chila and the Path, El Moria defines the sacred labor as your high calling as a son or daughter of God. Let us accept immediately that we have a high calling. Even if our vessel of the high calling might be empty at this moment, let us each visualize, and you can even draw a picture of, what your precious chalice looks like. So Almoria defines the sacred labor as your high calling. We could say our highest calling is our sacred labor. It involves the perfecting of the talents that God has placed within your soul. In 1984, El Moria said, the entire purpose of life is finding God. Finding God. Has your purpose been fuzzy? Have you not been able to define it? Here it is. The entire purpose of life is finding God. Finding God in all the nooks and crannies, in the mountains, in the forests, in the trees, in the oceans, finding God in the heart and being willing to feel the pain of that love, so great a love in our hearts. Finding God in yourself and your talents and your calling and your sacred labor and endowing anything that you do with his spirit. I think that is something that we should take to extremes. Endowing anything that you do with his spirit. The only way to know God's Holy Spirit, the great Elohim who framed the worlds from the beginning, is to enter the grasses, to enter the thunder and the lightning, to enter the pain, the glory. There is no ascension without pain. We should rejoice in it. We should be glad in it. We should transmute it. The sacred labor is your entree into your spiritual universe. What is your spiritual universe? It is your holy Christ self waiting to receive you as bride. It is your causal body, your I am presence, one with it. Your sacred labor is the means to your ascension. But having a labor is not enough. You must have a sacred labor. And when you use the word sacred, 
whether you are a teacher in preschool, whether you are a scientist, whether you are an architect designing the future of this entire community. That sacredness, that very word, sacred, must every day and whenever you think of it, reignite the fire in your heart that there is something alive and wondrous and it is the sacredness that God is in me. With that, I can move to the stars. I can dance through the galaxies because in my heart there is a sacredness. There is more than the mundane that in the end really provides no reason for being unless it's human glory, wealth, materialistic things. How many people do you think pass from the screen of life and at the moment of death realizing that all that they worked for, they really never got what they really wanted? And what did they really want? No one ever told them. They wanted to have a part of God. They wanted to be a part of Him. They wanted Him to be part of themselves. So they went all over the world seeking this formula and that, seeking this prize and so forth. Let none of us reach that moment of transition without having defined the sacred labor. The sacred labor is your reason for being. It's like your mission statement. If you would put a preamble to the mission statement, you would say, my mission is to embody the sacred labor. Then to define that sacred labor and to define how it will come into action every day of your life. The sacred labor has to meet certain standards. First of all, it must be practical. All of the ascended masters and every chila I have ever known who is a true chila is at first, last, foremost, practical. If we are not practical, the sense of sacredness is a blur. It's simply a blur. In the Keeper's Lesson 30, El Moria teaches us, the ascension is a mathematical formula. If when you are weighed in the balance at the end of this incarnation, you are found wanting in the application of the sacred fire, one, in dynamic decrees, and two, in laying down your life for your friends. The law guarantees that you must return to physical embodiment to complete your assignment. Do not fear the sacred labor. The sacred labor will take you in byways and avenues and different octaves and different levels, but it is taking you there because God says, you have an incompleteness here. You have something to deal with there. So let your sacred labor be a transforming labor. Let our sacred labor contribute to our wholeness. No ascended master, neither association with our community, can offset or compensate for your absence of application of your own heart flame to the need of the hour, both spiritual and physical, practical and etheric. Your sacred labor is integral to balancing your threefold flame. A simple experiment with a child's top or a windmill 
will show you that if each part is not equal to the other, we will not manifest the wind, we will not have the balance that we need. Balancing your threefold flame is integral to your sacred labor. So if you fear to enter in to the monumental presence of one of the plumes of the threefold flame, conquer your fear, conquer your doubt. Let love take you where it would take you. If you enter the wisdom plume or the power plume, then enter it fully. Be prepared for heights of glory, depths of despair. But above all, do not fear to open yourself entirely and allow the masters who are our wondrous friends and gurus such as Kathumi and El Moria, Saint Germain and Jesus and so forth. Let us open ourselves. Let God do with us what he will. And let us experience a constantly transforming fire. We will go through the trial by fire, either voluntarily or by force. So let's make up our minds today that we will go into the trial by fire and not have to be dragged there by ascended masters who are telling us this is long overdue. As you know, you cannot make your ascension until you have balanced your threefold flame and fulfilled your divine plan. Your divine plan is part of your sacred labor and vice versa. Your goal is to balance the threefold flame so that the love of your hearts is equal to the intelligence of your mind and to the determination of the will of God within. The very sacred labor itself is the means of balancing the threefold flame. So, the first requirement of the sacred labor is that it be practical. Another requirement of the sacred labor is that it must be performed to the glory of God. Whatever you do if you don't do it to the glory of God is not a sacred labor. How burdened we are when we realize this and we realize the high percentage of mankind do things only for praise, for glory, and so forth, to be thought well of by men. This is not a time for that because we all have karma. We need to see ourselves perhaps in the role of St. Francis, St. Clair, and the sense that poverty is a wondrous teacher that creating a vacuum allows us to be filled. There is tremendous music of the spheres that brings us into alignment, music we may not even hear, but it is calling us back to the point of the Atman and to balance the threefold flame. Another requirement of the sacred labor is that it be rooted in all four pillars of the path of the ruby ray. Sacrifice, surrender, selflessness, and service. You can tell if you have not fully submitted to those four S's if you are still looking for outer approval. The approval of the world, your family, your peers. None of that is really important. It's the sacred labor of heart, head, and hand that will change the world. 
no matter who is the instrument. What's important is having the approval of the ascended masters, the archangels. Doesn't mean to say we shouldn't do a good job and earn the compliments of others, but you have to know inside of yourself that all the kudos of the world cannot add up to the sacred labor. Another requirement for your sacred labor is that it must be your own sacred labor, not another's. In the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna counsels the warrior Arjuna that he must engage in the battle, even if he will fight his own kinsmen, because it is his dharma, his duty, or reason for being. Krishna says, No man attains freedom from the bondage of action simply by not undertaking actions. Nor by mere renunciation does one attain perfection, for no one can remain absolutely inactive even for a moment. Everyone is made to engage in action, however unwillingly. Do your allotted action, for action is superior to inaction. Even the maintenance of your body cannot be accomplished without action. Therefore, perform the action that has to be done, continually free from attachment. Through performing your sacred labor, you become sanctified. There is no sanctification without a sacred labor. Are you sanctified holy? Are you made holy? Yes, if you are worthy in your high calling of a sacred labor. Having the sense of that high calling and that it is unique to you and no one else in the cosmos can perform that sacred calling, that should give you a sense of true importance in God, not importance to man. But God gave me this assignment. He trained me for this. He loved me so much that he put me in this position so that I could have my victory. Oh, yes. <laughs> Much to be said about all of that, which we'll do after a short break. So please stay with us. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face, and their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On the open door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you ascended master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. 
They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. We are indeed back. Thanks for staying with us. Today, we're talking about your sacred labor, that thing that only you can really do that is your entree to your ascension eventually. But in this life, your entree to joy. And uh, there are many takeaways from that lecture excerpt that we heard just a few moments ago. And one for me was very interesting. Uh, and that was that when we are leaving this earthly realm, we're making our transition, and we're looking back on our lives in that snapshot, we realize what we really wanted was to have a part of God within us, that we wanted to be part of God. That everything else failed, you know, it, it fades to insubstantiality in, in, in and that no context. And a lot of people, they were never told that. Yeah. They were never told they have a divine plan. They were never told they have a threefold flame, the presence of God within their hearts, that they have a destiny, that they have something unique to give to cosmos, and they can walk with their head high, uh, not as a condemned sinner, but as someone, yes, has made mistakes and is balancing their karma, but has a divine plan, has a sacred labor. That's a high and holy calling, and no one's told them. Yeah. And uh, adding to that point, uh, Terry mentioned something in the break about Whatever you are doing, uh, whatever your labor is right now, whether it's your sacred labor or not, you can make it holy. You can endow it with God. Well, you can. And, um, you know, I mentioned truck driver before because I remember I, I knew a fellow years ago who was, uh, was a very uh, ardent student of the Ascended Masters, and he was a truck driver. And so he was on the road a lot. And so he was able to do a lot of decrees and, and, and devotions and so forth as he's driving and so forth. And Mrs. Prophet told him that he was holding a certain balance for the entire trucking industry because <laughs> of the light that he invoked. And what did that look like? But in other words, he mm-hmm. took something as mundane, as necessary, but mundane perhaps as a truck driver, and he brought a sacredness to it. Yeah. So whatever you're doing, you can bring that quality to it. As long, of course, it's the right livelihood, which is a teaching of the Buddha, which are certain things we just, as sons and daughters of God, we just don't do. And, and you know what's in your heart, what's right and what's wrong. Um, you know, and so uh, you do have to be careful and cognizant of that. Yeah. Well, why don't we take uh, some time now to go into these requirements that we heard Mrs. Prophet referring to in this um, lecture that we just heard about the sacred labor. The first of the requirements being that it must be practical. We don't want to have something that's so totally in, you, you know, I mean, it's like the impossible dream. You want to make sure it's something that you can do. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll take my own personal uh, story. I, I became a, a performer, a nightclub entertainer, and so it was practical. 
uh, it, it was really uh, what became uh, my sacred labor because, you know, being able to write music and, and sing music and one thing or another, I feel like this is a, one of the gifts that I can put on the altar mm-hmm. for God. And, um, and so it was practical in the sense that I could earn a living, I could support myself, uh, family, mm-hmm. etc. And so there was, a, there was a practicality to it. It felt, it felt right. Uh, and, and I did most of it before I found the teachings of the Ascended Masters, but I kept on keeping on, so to speak, and it led me to the Ascended Masters open door. I think it might be one of the insidious plots of the fallen ones to tell us, oh, you can't do that. Yeah. That's too hard. You know, you're, you're aiming too high. You know, adjust your, adjust your aim. Yeah, who but, do you think you are? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and we know better. That's one of the things you were saying, Sid, that in our hearts, we know it's right. We, we know we have enough access to discernment that we should be able to figure that out but it isn't unlikely that we're going to get that kind of opposition and not necessarily from some little insubstantial voice but it could be a family member it could be somebody saying you really want to do that if we know who we are in god that informs everything we do and other people will not understand it necessarily no you know and so that's okay you know god bless them but (laughs) be true to yourself and who you are you know when i started developing an interest in a, a spiritual path in high school, you know, I got a little concerned because I could never see myself as sitting and meditating all day, you know, because <laughs> that was my vision of spirituality, yeah. Yeah. you know. And so when I found the teachings of the Set of Masters, the very practical nature and spiritual practicality, we spent years studying that. And uh, it's interesting because Mrs. Prophet said that Mother Mary is one of the most practical beings in cosmos. And think <laughs> about that. Isn't that, a, isn't that an exciting concept? Yeah. But I have a quick story to tell about uh, Yogananda. And if you haven't read Autobiography of a Yogi, you should probably should do it because it's a great introduction to mm-hmm. the Guru-Chila relationship and so forth. But anyway, he, his master, one day, they were meditating and they, he took him off into samadhi, which, of course, is this exalted state of God. And, and Yogananda, I mean, this was just so profound. It had a head to him. And so when they returned from this incredible, blissful <laughs> state uh, and they're done and come back and Yogananda is just sitting there, what, oh, wow. His guru says, would you go sweep the porch, please? Yeah. <laughs> the porch needed to be swept. You may be in, uh, yeah. you know, in samadhi, but the tor- porch needs to be swept. Yeah. So it's that balance of practicality and spirituality. And, you know, if meditation is an important part of the spiritual path, but it can be selfish, too, if we don't take that light that we garner and give it to others in our service. Indeed, and that kind of brings me in an oblique way to the second requirement, which is everything in the sacred labor must be done for the glory of God. It's not God is the doer. Yeah, that's a tough one. Is it? What do you mean God's a doer? I'm the one that, you know, I did that. I made your bed this morning, or I fixed your breakfast. I swept the porch. Right, and, and you know, earlier you said something that reminded me of what Mrs. Prophet covered in her, in her uh, piece there was uh, people get to the other side and they realize, oh my gosh, I worked so hard just to get my name on that building. Yeah. <laughs> you know, really. Well, you know what it goes back to, Terry, is it's identity. If you don't know who you are, Naturally, people want to establish an identity, whether it's for good or bad. You know, they want some kind of identity. Otherwise, it gets us lost. If you don't know that your identity is in God, then you seek it elsewhere. That's right. Well, wait a minute. How can I give glory to God? Because I'm, you know, I'm doing this. You know, I mean, I remember my grandmother when I was just barely driving, and she wanted me to drive her someplace. You know, and she just asked me in such a plaintive voice, sweet. And I said, "Sure, I'll drive you there." And she said, "Oh, thank you, Jesus." 
And I said, wait a minute. <laughs> Jesus isn't driving. I am. But, but in reality, Jesus was driving. Yeah. You know, that, that's, yeah. the, that's the inner teaching on this. And so God is a doer because God is in you. you. We have life because God is in us. It's a simple fact. So everything we do is God in action. Yeah. So, you know, we take accountability for our mistakes, but everything that goes well, everything we accomplish, it's to the glory of God. I mean, Jesus said, you know, I of myself can do nothing. It's the Father that worketh. Well, if Jesus says this, what does that say about us? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, just as a qualifier on my, <laughs> on my last statement, you can, you can uh, work toward, you know, you can get to the other side and, and you could, how do I want to say it? You could accomplish your, your sacred labor to the glory of God. And then if they want to put the name on the building after you're gone, that's fine. You could say to yourself, well, that doesn't matter. But as long as you're going along in this sacred path, right. if, as long as you're saying, all glory to God, you know, if you want to, you know, that's, it's, it's a hospital. If you want to put my name on it, fine. I just did it to the glory of God. See, that's where you can qualify it a little bit better. Yeah. Well, you know, do we ego needs? In other words, you know, I mean, we all like to be get some, uh, you know, reassurance or, you know, recognition, recognition that we're doing something right because that's, that's feedback. And so that can be good. But if, you know, and, and what do you do when people praise you? Oh, you did a wonderful job in that. You can either say to them, you know, to the glory of by God's, to God's glory, right. or you can, if that's not appropriate, you can just say it within your heart. Well, by God's grace, the glory of God. And what that does, it frees you up from the attachment to the human consciousness mm-hmm which, as we've talked about many times, is never going to get you the ascension, never going to get you to heaven. God's in me. God's the doer. All glory to God. Yeah. It, you don't need the praise because you have the presence of God within you. And, and that's, uh, isn't that a nice concept? It's yeah. a wonderful concept. And I'm reminded of, of something that she said in that lecture excerpt about laying down your life for your brother. Mm-hmm. It isn't dying necessarily for your brother's sake. It is letting go of your own ego. Yeah. You know, surrendering that part of you to be a humble servant of the other person's Christ self. And, and that's all you need in life. You don't, you know, if, if we understand who we are in God, we don't need that outer recognition. Now, can I tell you that the Nada story? Would this oh, be yeah, time? absolutely. There's an ascended lady master called Nada. Ascended a long, long time ago, I think from Atlantis. Anyway, in her last embodiment, she was one of a large family. I don't know if it was six or seven children. I can't remember the exact number. Every one of her siblings had a great talent, whether it be musical or art or commerce or whatever. They all had great attainment. And she did nothing in the outer, in that embodiment. And her mission was to hold the balance in love for her siblings. Hmm. So hmm. that was her mission. That was her sacred labor. There was no outer recognition. She was happy to do it. And she made her ascension through it. Oh, wow. So isn't that a beautiful thought? It doesn't necessarily have to be. I mean, some people come forth to bring forth invention, inventions or teachings or whatever and that's their divine plan others their divine plan is to hold the light Just in the heart the for others yeah well like your truck driver yeah you know this the, the same kind of thing we know of stories of now ascended masters who did that for nations yeah and you know it's that i think one of the points we maybe want to make here is that there's great power in performing your sacred labor there's great power in giving the glory to God, who is the doer. There's great power in giving away your ego and any gratification needs and, you and, have and there may be to something, do that. There may be something very outer on it. Like I said, an invention or, or a concept or, or developing something, a program for children or a school, may be very outer. But it may not be. It may be very inner, too. I mean, I remember Mrs. Prophet said once, if you feel like you're, you're in your threefold flame, if your heart, if the pink flame of love is not developed enough, she said, take a job in a rest home mm-hmm. and serve mm-hmm. people, 
you know, at the very end of their lives. And it can be a very demanding physical service, you know, but it develops the heart flame. Do it in love. And so, um, you know, wherever you are, you can manifest at least the initial part of your threefold flame, which is, excuse me, of your, of your sacred labor, which is balancing your threefold flame through love, through service. And you ask God and, you know, God hmm. will lead you, you know, when you're ready for that next step. You know, it's reminding me, I watched a trailer, I think it was last night, on a documentary called Dropbox. Are you familiar with that? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Are you familiar with that, Terry? With the uh, Dropbox? Thing? Yeah. Yeah. Where people leave their unwanted infants on the doorstep of this oh, man. Oh, yeah, I read about it. I haven't oh, seen the trailer. Oh, my gosh. I mean, these little newborns, they're, they're still, they're just newly born, and they're just being given away. Well, this is and in Korea, I think, where it started. In Korea, yeah. And my understanding is that the culture there is that any deformity is not a welcome thing in the child. So mm-hmm. most of the children that are put there are ones that have some kind of physical yeah, deformity exactly. or problem. And I understand he's adopted, this minister, six or seven of them himself. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, but it's a way to save souls and to serve life. So it's a beautiful, beautiful oh, story. I mean, and, and there is a sacred labor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe not your everyday sacred labor, but that's certainly one to... Uh, serving the child oh is always yeah, one of the serving, highest. Serving labor. life, yeah, in general. Well, we've got to take a break. Um, we're going to be back in just a few minutes to finish up our discussion on the sacred labor. We'll talk about a few more of the requirements. So please stay with us. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, Go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Right now, all over the world, Warriors of Light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free, no login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. 
You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And thank you very much for staying with us. We are back. I'm Tom Schumacher. I'm with Terry Kennedy and Sid Bennett. And together we're talking about the sacred labor and its various facets, various purposes, and in this case, various requirements. And uh, we wanted to make sure it's clear that um, the, the sacred labor is a joyful labor. It is not something that, is, as Sid said during the break, we're not asking everybody to become Mother Teresa. You know, I mean, <laughs> not tomorrow. Maybe next week, yeah, but right. not tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, <laughs> <laughs> but that the sacred labor takes many, many forms, as many forms as there are you. Um, so we just want to make sure that's clear. And as we say that, one of the requirements is that the sacred labor be rooted in the, the ruby path, the path of the ruby ray. And there are four S's here that helps make them memorable. Service, sacrifice, selflessness, and surrender. Sounds like a lot, but we can do it in increments. <laughs> you know, that's a really good, good point, Tom. You know, uh, how many people say, when I grow up, I want to be a saint? Yeah. You know, I mean, they look at you and say, you, a saint? <laughs> you know, and yet, uh, you know, uh, uh, that's really our goal, in essence, not to be recognized necessarily by any outer organization, but sainthood is, is, is our ascension. And so, how do we get there? What do we do? Well, we live like the saints lived. And that's where the four S's came in. And the devotion, the service, the surrender, the selflessness, all these things, you know, they're part of who we need to become. And you start by practicing them. You know, we, the imitation of Christ. How do you become Christ? You imitate Christ. And as you imitate Christ, you put upon yourself those elements of Christhood. That's a very good point. And, and, and so it is, it is a, it's a path. And so we don't want to be scared away from it and say, oh, you don't know what I did in my early part of my life. I had the sainthood, maybe next embodiment, but not this time. You know, it doesn't matter what you've done or who you are. We can begin where we are today yeah. on this path. And it begins by manifesting certain aspects of it. God knows where you're at on the path exactly. He'll bring to you what you need in terms of not only developing your threefold flame, but you've got little karma. We've all got some karma we have to clean up. And God is amazing. He'll combine the two, <laughs> balancing your karma and developing your threefold flame. And so, you know, it's like he's, he's the master uh, planner for our lives if we will allow him to work through us. So don't, be, don't think yourself unworthy. Uh, God in you is worthy of this. And if you've made some mistakes, welcome to the club. Well, um, read, read The Life of the Saints. It's a very illuminating book. I mean, it's actually it's probably a series of books, but some of what they went through yeah. in the embodiment in which they were sanctified. Wait a minute. This sounds too hard to me. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty comfortable where I am, and, you know, I try to be good and so forth. Well, you know, you have free will. And if that's your choice, that's your choice. But you know what? The door is open. We have opportunity. The cycles are coming together. We have the violet flame. We have this teaching that has not been on the outer since the days of Atlantis. Boy, you know, seize the torch. Mm. You know, it's not going to be handed to you. You have to seize it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, just, I just reminded of a quote from uh, Mrs. Prophet in that excerpt that we heard. She said, it's not how much we give that matters, but how much love we put in the giving. I think that as a yardstick for service, for sacred labor, that's a great one to use. How much love are you putting in the giving? What's the motivation? You know, yeah. is it a claim? Is it recognition? Is it, you know, an award at a banquet? Or is it to the glory of God or for the joy? I mean, when you 
If you want to be happy, serve others. It's yes. as simple as that. Serve them at the level of the Christ. You know, that's how you can be happy. That's right. And people that do these soup kitchen things, you know, like on a Thanksgiving or whatever, mm-hmm. they get um, addicted to it. They have to do it every year from <laughs> then on. You know, we did that years ago when I lived in Minneapolis. We, the place I worked, we went down once a month to a soup kitchen. And, you know, I got to tell you, my eyes were open because when I saw those people come through the line, I said, there but for the grace of God go I. Yes. You know, so it gives you perspective and understanding. And, you know, we don't want to get off the track. We want to do the right thing. We want to be in alignment with God. Everybody wants to be happy, but they don't know where to look for it. It's, you find it in the path of the ruby ray, which you talked about, mm-hmm. the four S's, mm-hmm. um, and by giving yourself to others. I mean, do you think Mother Teresa was happy? No, I think she, she was, didn't have an easy life, no. but she was doing what she wanted to do. And, um, you know, we're not all not going to be Mother Teresa's. Some of us may be truck drivers, but you could take that light and that love. And, and you know, when you meet people on the way and, and give them, uh, you know, an encouragement a ray of hope, mm-hmm. something that will lift their hearts, you know? You're doing God's work. You're, that's a divine plan for all of us. So you can begin where you are today. You don't have to wait till you get the letter that says, okay, <laughs> yeah. one, two, three, four, that's your divine plan. <laughs> here it is. But you know Sign what? You've got to start somewhere. You've got to start somewhere. And brings us right to the fourth requirement, which is it's got to be your sacred labor and not another's. We look and see people doing things like Mother Teresa or these others that we've talked about. They're inspiring their lives are inspiring. Their examples inspiring. But it doesn't mean we want to go and do exactly what they're doing. If we feel inspired to do something similar or to work with them, perfectly fine. But make sure that it's your labor you're doing and not somebody else's. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, it, everyone is different. And you won't feel the same joy if it's not your, your labor. Mm-hmm. You know, you may think, you know, well, I, if I get over there and do that and so forth, well, I'm sure God will approve me if I do that and so forth. Well, that's a nice thought, but that's not the point. The point is to let God lead you where you're supposed to go, and it might surprise you, and, you know, it might be, parts of it might be very mundane, but you know what? That's the practicality side of life. Somebody's got to sweep the porch. And that's letting your ego, pushing it aside in honor of the service. You know, I, this quick story, I told my daughter a story about one of the Edgar Casey readings recently about this woman that was a model, and she had the most beautiful hands. I mean... It, nobody had ever seen more beautiful hands than this woman had. She got a reading with Edgar Casey, and he told her the reason she had such beautiful hands in a previous embodiment. She, I think this is how the story went exactly. She was a nun in a convent, and her job was to scrub the floor. And she scrubbed the floor with such love <laughs> that when she came back, she had the most beautiful hands Isn't in the world. That's something, you know. <laughs> wow. So, and, you know, uh, another example of of doing your own thing or not doing somebody else's is if you like Norman Rockwell paintings. Don't imitate Norman Rockwell. Maybe study art, but take off in your own little, you know. Put your own spin on put it. Put your own spin put, on put it. Put God's spin on it. Put God's spin on it. That's perfect. Endow with God's spin. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I like that. And if you do something to the glory of God, it is an entirely different vibration mm-hmm. and energy, you know. And some people say, no, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. You know, they're making their choice. They're choosing not to give glory to God, well, they cannot have the fullness of God within them if they make that choice. So let's begin to make that choice Yeah. today by one step. I want God. I want to fulfill my divine plan, my sacred labor. I want to be you in manifestation. What do I do? You know, what's the, the need? You know, and there may be a sick child. There may be a neighbor that, is, that, that needs help or whatever. Give of your heart 
um, and that's always a good step on your path to your sacred. And, and we're all as different as a snowflake. So be <laughs> be your own snowflake. You know? Be your own snowflake, and put put love in everything you give, right. and endow everything with God. Because I can assure you, Terry, if I decided <laughs> to take your sacred labor and sing, the results would not be good. <laughs> Next week, stay tuned. Sid Bennett's, yeah. the, oh. Sid Bennett's favorite tunes. Or, yeah. or, or if I tried to be the minister that you are. <laughs> oh, well. oh, so that's, that's – and it, you know what is exciting? And this goes back to community, which I think is – isn't that one part of the oh, yeah. Dharma? We can do this together. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's all part of the community of the Holy Spirit. Well, another hour is just – Blown by. Been a fun it's show. It's been Tom. a fun show. Well, this is a great topic that everybody has vested interest in, believe me, including us. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Again, as always, we so much appreciate your attendance because that's the mandala that we complete. Our alchemy is complete when you're there. So thank you so much for listening. And Terry, how can they get a hold of us? Well, they can contact us through web radio at tsl.org. Web radio at tsl.org. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Any final words, Sid, before you know, we go? If we all fulfill our divine plan, there will be a golden age on this planet, our sacred land. That's right. There you go. And on that note, though, the upward path may sometimes be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> the rewards are out, out of, of this, this world. world. God bless you, everyone. Be well. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on Voice America's 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.